0: This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. I am really excited that you joined us for today's conversation. This is episode 37 of the podcast, but it's our first chance to talk to a resilient disciple who's currently going through an Awana program. Every week, we are talking about how important this conversation is, how critical resilient child discipleship is. And today we get to talk to someone who is walking out that journey. Taylor Baugh is a recent citation award achiever who currently lives in Virginia. I had the privilege of talking to her, her mom, Leah, and Brian Lunger, the Awana missionary who serves that area. Taylor and Leah are part of a military family. John Ball is a submariner in the Navy and they have moved all over the world serving our country to be honest with you they told me how many moves it's been and i lost track somewhere around a dozen but wherever they've moved john and leah have made the consistent choice to prioritize the discipleship of their kids one of the ways that they've done that is by connecting their kids to the local awana club wherever they've lived and awana for them was not only a place to work out their discipleship journeys. It was a source of stability. I was blown away by this family's resilience and perspective, and I think you will be too. Today's episode starts with Taylor and then Leah describing how their family first got connected to Awana, but stick around to the end. Before they jumped on the call, Brian and I had a chance to meet and to talk about this moment that we're in, and I want to be clear, if you are someone who like me a year ago, has never heard of Wana, and you just stumbled across this podcast. First of all, thank you for listening. But also, this isn't some covert form of self-promotion. I share this conversation with you because seeing the resilience that is so clear in Taylor and her family gives me a lot of hope about the future of the faith in 2050 and beyond. And couldn't we all use a little hope right now? Thanks again for listening. This is episode 37 of the Resilient Disciples Podcast.
1: I think my first year was the last year of Sparks. Okay. In Colorado Springs. And
2: I don't even know where we heard about it. We, I heard about it from a friend and we had just moved to Colorado. We were stationed in Washington, so came to a new place and mm-hmm. uh, I was homeschooling. So we were okay. looking for places to get them plugged in and just around other kids throughout the week. And someone mentioned Awana. Never heard of it before, and so we decided to, to give it a shot. And so that's where we, we started. And I think the Pinewood Derby yep. is was their favorite thing that year. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yep. Everyone was really excited about that. And then
1: – Yeah, but um, they mentioned the Citation Award and the scholarship. And I thought, well, it's perfect timing because they start keeping track at TNT, and I was going in that next year. Okay. And I kind of wanted something that was kind of a constant throughout my life. And so I figured so many places have a Awana, so it might as well just be that because the thing with church youth groups is it changes every place you go and all of them do their things differently. And so with Awana, it's a structured area where they teach you the same thing no matter where you are. Yeah. And so after that, we went to Connecticut, Connecticut and it was harder to find one there, but and we only, lived there, and we only lived there eight months.
2: So it was <laughs> just the tail end of the Awana year. And then we went back, we went to Washington State. Mm-hmm. And that we, were in three we went there. to two different Awanas yeah. there because one club closed down so that we went and found another church and went to that one. Oh my gosh. And then yeah. from there, there we went to Germany and that one was a super small club. I Hold think on, there were
1: let's clubs.
0: wait. So you went from, <laughs> you're, you're like, I was in Connecticut and then I was in Munich. That's a big, that's a big jump and a big change. What do you, you were in Germany?
1: Yeah, we actually lived in Stuttgart, Germany. So okay. it's more in the southern area. Well, yeah.
0: Okay.
2: North of, Munich,
0: yeah. north of Munich, yeah. I I literally I think to if for jokes about Germany, I think I only have Munich as a reference. So, <laughs> I appreciate, but I appreciate the the education. So, we hear anecdotally about people being like, if I'm traveling for business, I'm gonna use that find a wanna feature on the website. If the, oh, there's a church that has a wanna, odds are that that's a good church. But you guys were obviously making a much more impactful decision because it was about your kids and about what their discipleship was ultimately going to look like. Every city, you have a new opportunity to be like, you know what, I'm just going to let them watch Netflix on, on uh, Wednesday nights instead. Right. And you kept, you kept making that choice. How do where does well, that come from?
2: For me with a husband who's deployed a lot and you know, just this constant moving lifestyle we have, it's nice to go to be able to go somewhere and have a constant. And so yeah. I wanted to provided that. And like Taylor mentioned, it, it's the same no matter where you go. So the games are very structured or structured very similarly. Um, the lesson plans are the mm-hmm. same. I volunteered at all of them, so I taught. And so it was just nice to kind of have that familiarity. And and I can't, I can't even tell you how much, like, the scripture memor- memorization has made for the kids. Like, what a difference. I will say stuff, and I'm like, how do you know more scripture than I do by heart? <laughs> 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 um, her comprehension on some of the, you know, just biblical foundation is more than me sometimes. I'm like, I feel like I should go through it now. Nice. (laughs)
0: Um, Well, maybe you'll get your citation award someday. Yeah, maybe one day. (laughs) You guys have made this point about things being the same, but I also think that doesn't necessarily give both of you a appropriate amount of credit because yes, like the book is the same and yes, games are going to have the same rules, but communities are different. People are different. Um, You know, yes, you're, it's great that you were there and able to, uh, lead and, you know, be a presence in, in those clubs, but it wasn't as if everything was always the same. Um, no. You know, so as you guys are hopping around, I'm curious, like, are you, Taylor, are you still connected to any of the people that you um, like from previous moves that you've hopped with? Are you more connected to military families who have had same experiences as you? Because I would imagine that, um you know it's about relationships and you guys going through that obviously you guys are an incredibly talented family and an awesome people and my new best friends but <laughs> the do you are you able to keep some of those touch points in some of the areas that you've been
1: um it depends so i tend to connect more to my leaders because i'm an introverted person and especially with the moving it's kind of hard to reach out too much sure but there have been some people that I've kept in contact with from Awana, and it is nice too that they're going through the same thing even though we're in different areas. And so it's kind of like having an accountability partner. Oh, sure. So I have enjoyed that portion
2: a lot, so. Yeah, and like our, um, I have, we've got four kids and so our, our one of our younger ones, one of her good friends who she was in Awana with mm-hmm. in Hawaii doesn't have an Awana in her area. So they've been meeting um, on FaceTime to go through the scriptures each week with each other. Oh, so that's just awesome. So that with her book. And, you know, and that way my other daughter has some motivation too to keep going with hers. And so it's, yeah, it really is, you know, community is definitely a big part. And her her leader in uh, Hawaii was probably, I think probably the most influential one for her. Um, but they they were just... I don't know, we just really enjoyed them. And they were, Taylor really connected with her group there. And so that was, um, you know, and again, homeschooling, it's, it's a nice way to kind of get out and, mm-hmm. and meet other people and, um, and just build those relationships.
0: Sure. Brian, I want to I bring you in here for, for this part of this conversation because, you know, Taylor brings all of this, this experience and this connection to Awana that literally spanning her entire life to an area that you minister, an area you serve. The resilience that is very obvious in Taylor in the life circumstances, I would imagine it's also pretty common in your community, Brian. So can you just help people understand um, what your community is like, what the, some of the other churches, kind of the broader picture, the other tailors that are uh, running around in the various churches that you uh, have relationships with?
3: Yeah, i mean so you have churches doing different things uh all over the area all over the community you have churches that are doing uh drive-ins uh and exploring that so you have um churches that are obviously film filming and using facetime uh using zoom uh you have pre recording so that they're looking at different avenues And they are touching on all these avenues to reach out to as many people as they can. Um, And that's something that you have to do to be resilient. You got to look because not everybody's going to have the same tools and technology, right? Uh, Even a simple phone call, touching on all those points and reaching out to those people, letting them know that you're praying for them, that you're caring for them. Um, And and that's how, how it's being done.
0: Yeah. So Taylor and Leah, for you guys, this would normally, for everyone else, this would be a a question specific to the pandemic, but you guys, this is probably something that you've experienced throughout your Awana career. You know, we use language-loving, caring adults, but leaders, other people who are, who God has had play a role in your discipleship. How are those people staying connected to you during a time where they physically can't be with you?
1: Typically just through emails, uh, a lot on Facebook too, just messaging back and forth and, my current Awana group has been doing like pre-recorded lectures and lessons and then posting them. And we've just been watching them doing our Bible study through that. So sure. it they have been staying pretty connected. Yeah. But,
0: well, see, yeah. I asked because I feel like people for two reasons. One, I feel like people um, can be overwhelmed by the circumstances of the pandemic. And therefore, like that creates a trap that is failure to act, right? Where it's like, I've there's so many so many questions to answer. I don't want to answer all of them, so I'm just going to take a nap, right? But also, I mean, legitimately, I think collectively when people think of a wana, I think they are, to use super Awana language, I think they are more often thinking about cubbies than they are TNT. When you look, because now you're now you're getting into that phase of life as a junior where people are going to start asking you questions like, when you look back, right, and you're like, I, I, aren't I looking forward? What are you talking about? Um, what do you feel like, from your awana experience is going to stick with you when you're, you know, 10 years from now, when you're my age and you're hosting a podcast, because apparently that's what happens to 29-year-olds, uh, but also, you know, more into the future, more into your adulthood. What do you in what do you feel like God is like laid in you that is that's going to last into your future?
1: I think it's just the sense of like community, really, mm-hmm. that especially since we move so much, that no matter where you are in the world. There are other people who love God and who want to be a part of your life and they want to shape you into becoming a better person in Christ. And I just think that, especially being to so many Iwanas, I've been to some Awanas where you have like four or five game times in order to fit everyone in. And I've all the one I'm at right now, there's four of us in my group, mm. including me and my sister. And so... I just think having such a well-rounded experience in that it is really just kind of helped me, I don't know, mature more and understand more not only about God, but about the world and how different people go through different things because of, especially during location changes, like in Germany where you're in a smaller location, there's more country. There's not many people versus when I was in Colorado and you're in the middle of a city and everyone wants to be a part of Awana there, and so I just think it's really rounded me
2: out in a way that I really needed. So, and That's from awesome. a parent's, from kind of my perspective, my yeah. my whole hope with Awana or goal for my kids, besides having you know something that was constant, is just really like Awana says, hiding that scripture in their heart, mm-hmm. um, so that no matter what they're going through, no matter where they're at. Mm-hmm that they can recall that. And then hopefully that will be, you know, a guiding light for them and bring them peace no matter what, you know, no matter where in the world we're located, no matter if dad's home or deployed or that they can, you know, if they're having troubles with anything that they can call on that scripture and then just find God's you know, love and peace in that.
0: Yeah. Uh, You guys are super impressive people uh, because I feel like it's, it's very easy to talk about the things that you've done, but the fact that you not only have made that decision, but have also, leaned into it and done it time after time after again is really is really admirable brian i would be remiss if i didn't just ask what is it like as a missionary to be able to meet people like taylor like like leah who have lived out what you spend so much of your time talking about you know i feel like you as a missionary you are often casting this vision of resilience even if you don't necessarily call it that but about what awana the structure of awana can allow for people's and kids' relationships with Jesus to look like. And uh, these are people who have done it. So uh, what's that like uh, to be able to have a conversation like this?
3: I mean, for me as a missionary, I'm like super proud of you guys. Uh, it, it, it's encouraging to me, you know, that when we follow God and when we do his work, um, and we, we can experience it, we can live through it, and he puts certain people in our lives uh, just like Taylor and just like Leah, and ju- just being an example of resilience, just hearing your story right now. We've never met before. We, this is our first time we're meeting in person. And just hearing your testimony encourages me to even reach out more boys and girls for the gospel of Christ. It also encourages me because you're the next generation of, of church leaders, you're going to be up there. Uh, either singing or, or, you know, ushering or whatever it may be, whatever God calls you to do, even working in children's ministry. Um, so that's exciting to, to me. And uh, that encourages me. That that really does. And, and uh, we're going to continue to pray for you. Yes, this is a community. And, uh, you know, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're on mission. We need to be disciplined. and and sharing the gospel
0: with others amen that's those great brand i do think though we've already established that taylor's going to host a podcast so i just i don't (laughs) want you to be overly prescriptive she's got a lot to take care of
2: hey Um, two thumbs up yeah
0: I'll, i'll ask the question this way you know one of the things that i think is important in this time is that people are staying motivated about discipleship about our how our mission has not stopped, even if the methods that went into our ministry all look a lot different now, that our mission has, has, has not changed. But at the same time that people give themselves the grace of a four-year-old daughter and a, a nine-month-old son, um, and they're about the same size. My son is huge, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, but I see a lot of parent shaming to parents of my particular age group because it's sort of, sort of this feeling of like, you know, what you should be doing your kid should be uh, learning how to play these four instruments and speaking these four foreign languages by the end of the pandemic. Um, And that's not happening in my house. But at the same time, discipleship is right. Like the work of discipleship is how do you, as a junior in high school who has all of the responsibilities being like brought up to you, right? Like things like, I'm sure you're having conversations about like what comes after high school and you know, jobs and relationships with siblings and there's obviously plenty of things that are still connected to being a part of Awana. How are you trying to balance those things? Because I would imagine that not only can other students hear from that and maybe pick up, you know, learn some things. But there's a lot of old people who I think need to stay motivated. Like you clearly are motivated, but also learn how to give themselves grace. Like, what does that look like? What does that balance look like for you?
1: Well, especially since this whole quarantine has gone in, Um, it's actually been easier for me to balance things out because I find myself with more time. Okay. So, I mean, with school, it's just, I work very well when I do my schoolwork by myself, thanks to being homeschooled. And so I can sit down and easily figure something out and just get my schoolwork out of the way throughout the week. And that's left me with more time to do Bible studies and to focus more about college because that is coming and I have to think about it. (laughs) Um, But I don't know, I just, I feel like I've had more reflection on what I need to do with my life moving forward out of high school Okay. with the quarantine. Like I've started a few college classes already to get some basic things out of the way since I have so much time.
2: That was my idea, That was her idea, yes. I like, you're finishing your schoolwork so fast. Let's sign up for some classes with Liberty. (laughs) Oh, that's
0: amazing. Oh, that's great. That's good parenting though. Yeah. No, I'm curious, you know, um, not to start a a conversation after the Zoom meeting is done, but, you know, Leah, like what are you seeing in Taylor in this particular time? Because I feel like one of the things that I hope happens with this podcast is that exactly thing that I talked about is that leaders and adults recognize that, um yes, we are here to, to serve the kids and parents. We're here to disciple our children. Like you, you have done it, you have done it well, right. You have done that discipleship well in that you are continuing to parent and lay the foundation. But what are you, what are you seeing in
2: uh, her life right now? You know, that's well, you know, first I, I don't do anything. It's all by the grace of God. And you know, it's, <laughs> With four kids and moving so much, I often, I look at my kids and I'm like, how did, you know, it really is God's grace that they are, I, they're all pretty level-headed kids and they all <laughs> have a heart for Jesus. And, Amen. That's man. Um, what can you ask for, you know? <laughs> so, and I, and I always tell my kids, you know, for success for me, when I think about six, them having a successful life, I'm like, if you love God and you are following his plan for you, no matter what that is, I said, that is success. And it's not about how much money you make, not what school you go to, you know, how many boxes you're checking on everyone's, like you were saying, the list of everything you should be accomplishing. Um, Because, you know, God's standards are very different from this world. And we have to remember that we are not of this world. We are of God's, you know, we are in his community and in his grace. And so we just need to focus on that. And as far as her, it's just seeing her trying to figure out where she wants to go next. You know, what's the next step? Um what she wants to major in, you know, what kind of direction she wants to take with that has been interesting. Um, we're ruling some things out. That's kind of what these college classes are for, you know, sure. let's take a class in econ and see if you like business. She does not like business. So I'm <laughs> like, great. That's, <laughs> <awful>. <laughs> um, That's great. So for her and it's true, it's been confidence, like just learning to be confident in herself mm. and um, to be able to go out and to minister and just, and i and i tell the kids too you don't have to preach the gospel to everybody but you have to lead by example so if you are setting a good example and you are you know making the right choices people are going to want to know why and what is the motivation behind that and then that will open up the door to you know minister to people you don't have to be preaching in their face Amen. and so for my kids i'm like you just go out there and you do the right thing you do what god tells you to do you, you and and keep that your main focus and and as we've, you know, as we've moved so much, um, in talking about resiliency, you know, we always hear that kids are military kids are resilient. They grow where they're planted. And that's true, but that doesn't come with easy. You know, you have to yeah. kind of learn and you have to. And I think for me, even as an adult, I didn't really become a full believer until I had to lean on God in, a, in our first move and first deployment. And I was like, okay, I can't do this by myself. And when you're moving every two years and you've got a new environment, you have to have him as your center, or it can get very, very overwhelming. And, but all that being said, each place has been a different place to to minister and to learn and to just, um, you get to learn about different cultures and different people. And I think that has really been the blessing um, in all of it. And, you know, my mom always joked with me growing up that she always thought I was going to be a missionary and I'm not one in the traditional sense, but I have lived all over the world. And so yeah. that's my, my field to really sure. people in our community, um, and so for her, I really see her just kind of hopefully focusing on. I keep telling her every night, you need to be praying. What does God want you to do? You know, and sure. if you if you pray and you listen, mm-hmm. He will make it very clear which way you're supposed to go, where you're supposed to go to school, um, yeah. and remember, and remembering too that His timing is not always our timing,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and. You know, just because she might want to go to one school that might not be where he wants her to be. And that's okay. We just need to be open to that and have grace with ourselves too, that when we don't make it to where we think we're going to make it, that's okay because we don't see the bigger picture.
0: Yeah, that's great. Let me ask the super, actually real basic question. How many moves has it been? Because I feel like for military families, like you guys just don't keep track because it's not important. So- I think it'll help add context.
2: So oh, there's gosh. there's four kids in our family, all four born in different time zones. So, <laughs> yeah, my husband and I started out in Virginia. then we moved to Mississippi, had Taylor. Mm-hmm. So she went Mississippi, South Carolina, New York, Washington, Colorado, Connecticut, Washington, Germany, Hawaii, Virginia.
0: Wow, that was great.
2: Including little moves in between, like yeah, changing houses and things. Yeah. My yep.
0: goodness! Wow.
2: And we'll move. We'll move next summer. We'll be there for probably three to four years, um, and then we'll be hopefully be done. Okay. I, he can retire now, but he's not done. So. Sure. He keeps saying he is, but he's not. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, give me four more years, and yeah. Then yeah. He does it.
0: There's a danger, I think, in. People who had childhoods like mine, right? Where they're in one community the whole time where it creates this limited view about who God is and how big God is. And you are someone who was handed the complete opposite experience. Do you feel like with the other kids that you're talking to that like, that that's part of sharing the gospel to them is like that recognition?
1: No, I think it is something that I can use to help kids my age. I definitely know I've known friends who have lived in the same place, same house their entire life. And I definitely feel like when I talk to them, I do have to kind of help them understand the bigger picture. But I think that also just comes with having been so many places, like you mentioned. Like, I just personally, I'm very grateful for my experiences. And I think that it is really just given me the opportunity to understand more cultures and be exposed to more things and more people. And so I do feel like I can use that to my advantage to help kids my age and even maybe even a little older than me kind of understand the big picture Yeah. because for my family, it just comes so easily. Like we just understand it and it is different coming to like my youth group. Now, these kids have been in the same place their entire life and there's like only a handful of them. There's like two sparkies. And so just the opportunity to share what I've been through and how I can use that to help them understand better without even having to go anywhere. I think it's special and I'm really grateful for it.
0: Thanks again to Taylor, Leah and Brian for the time. And thank you for listening, especially all the way until the end. Before you go, I have one more thing. Brian and I had a chance to not only talk about this moment that we're in, but also look ahead to the future about what child discipleship is going to look like in light of the coronavirus. Because in case you needed the reminder, this will end. There will be a moment where the coronavirus is confined to the history books. But when the pandemic first began to lock everything down, our mission didn't change. And as the world begins to open itself back up, our mission still hasn't changed. If you want to learn more about Brian and his ministry, check out the show notes. But here's the rest of our conversation.
3: I mean, my prayer is is that the relationships, the when when we dive deeper into relationships with my own children and with uh, you know with AMDs that meet with their children, right? Right. Um, just having those conversations to build upon each other, not so much to be afraid of what's going on out there, but then continuing to remind them that God is in control, um, and this is an opportunity where you can have an attitude, a negative attitude, and say, woe is me, or you can have an attitude where, let's get on board, let's build upon this opportunity to build relationships, to share Jesus Christ. We can still do it. God is at work. Even though we may be confined to these four walls, God is still at work, and thank goodness for technology. We can call them. We can Zoom them. We can FaceTime them. But this is kind of a pivot, uh, if you will, into uh, new areas of of sharing Jesus Christ with them. So they're going through this. They're experiencing this. Um, It's a difficult time, obviously, because we want to interact and be in front of them. However, this is something that they're going to learn. My children are already learning um, facets of Zoom, how to operate Zoom and communicate, yeah. um, and they're getting more comfortable. So, they're developing techniques to communicate with, with other people as well.
0: It's interesting that you say that. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting that you say like around these four walls. Because I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, in in the resilient conversation, we talk a lot about uh, becoming. You know, we talk about these these three Bs: belong, believe, become. Yeah. um, As a, a, you know, there's no how-to guide for discipleship, but that this that those that structure those handles provide a pathway that we believe leads to resilient child discipleship. And what this is a we recognized very early that this was kind of a pivot event for the kids in our lives, right? That we knew we were living through a moment of history, I think much faster than previous moments of history. And that's a clunky way to describe it. But I think that we've recognized that this has the potential to really stay with kids, mm-hmm. not just, you know, older kids who are missing out on graduation and proms and things that are, um, uh, sort of touchstone experiences for so many folks, but for younger kids, you know that this is a pivot event in the sense of they're watching us just because they have a lot more time with us. No, they're watching us deal with these the circumstances and the daily stress and the roller coaster of emotions in a real, honest, and genuine way. Um, and for so many parents, I feel like it's going to be this time of like, this is where my discipleship of my child got serious. Absolutely. Um, Because in the becoming, you know, Chris Marchand talks a lot about how they're going to become outside of the four beige walls of the church. And right now you can't get outside of the four beige walls of your own home. How do you see this influencing what this generation of kids is going to become?
3: I mean, I think that speaking from a parents and and seeing my kids, we've had the conversation of God is filtering out unnecessary things, right? Mm. You think of sports, right? Um, We had signed our kids up to play some sports over the spring slash summer, right? Caitlin was supposed to be playing soccer, Ethan played football, right? Right. But you see how God kind of Use COVID-19 to filter out unnecessary things in life, such as sports. You can live without sports, but what is priority? What is important? It's Him. It's following Him. It's growing in your faith. It's being in the Bible. It's being in prayer. It's being an encouragement, the support to each other, your neighbors, your friends, your family. That's what's important, uh, and, and, and obviously, ultimately, sharing Jesus Christ.
0: The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by AWANA. AWANA is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. AWANA is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Thanks to Kevin Orris and Phil Wallace for making the podcast happen. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you on Thursday.